Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer, and on today's episode, varsity basketball coach, Brown City High School, Anthony Troshek, joins the show to break down shot selection, how he teaches it with his players to make sure that they are taking efficient shots during the season. Coach Stroh is a great guy, and he's a big contributor to the Coach's Edge in our new website. Let's get to the show, but first, a quick word. We are excited to have Coach Troshak of Brown City High School back on the Coach's Edge podcast to talk about something that he's really passionate about and we all need to gain a better understanding of, I think, that's going to lead to more team success, and that's the topic of shot selection. So, Coach, thanks again for joining the podcast. I'm glad to be here and uh, looking forward into diving into shot selection, something that I continuously uh, find myself learning more about, and it's something that's ever, ever changing. Those are those are two great points. We got to be hungry to continue to learn more, and with the way the game is being played, especially there's so much that we can continue to learn about shot selection. Which brings me into my first uh, question: When did you really start digging into shot selection, and why? Um, two reasons I started digging into it. First couple of years coaching at Brown City, we lost some close games. So I kind of looked at numbers and was wondering, why are we losing these, these close games? And it came down to turnovers, rebounding, and then like shooting percentage. And then I kind of dive in, well, are we just not good shooters or are we taking poor shots? Or could we get better shots? Let me put it that way, to increase our percentage. So the, the rebounding and the turnovers are a little easier of a fix, a little, you know, more front and center of what, what the issue is, but with that, with that field goal percentage, and, um, I was just curious on why, you know, why we're shooting that percentage and how can we increase it? And I, I found that one way is uh, through shot selection. And another reason um, I dove into shot selection was uh, we'd have years where we'd have a kid that's coming up from JV to varsity. Maybe they're an underclassman. Maybe they're a freshman going to play um, varsity or a sophomore going to play varsity. And they're a good shooter. They might end up being our best shooter. So how do I kind of put it to the rest of the team that, you know, they're the person we want taking shots. And on the flip side, some years we have a player coming up from JV to varsity. And on the JV team, they're taking a majority of the shots and they might be taking some shots that they're not going to be taking this year on varsity because they're not, they're not the guy because it's their first year on varsity and we have some returners. So a mesh of those two things together kind of got me into looking into shot selection. So you've really broken it down from the team perspective and the individual perspective on what is the right shot for a player and for a team so that we can all be successful. So first off, how do you break down the importance of shot selection from a team standpoint? From a team standpoint, um, you know, I always call shot selection the silent killer because as I was talking about, you know, you can look in the stop the stat column and see, you know, we got out rebounded this game. We had eight more turnovers this game um, where a shot selection doesn't really jump off the stat sheet. Um, you might be able to link it to your field goal percentage, but it's not as easy to kind of calculate. Um, so that's one thing we look at with, with the team is we, we want, you want to win. So it's an easy sell to the team. Like if you guys want to win, you got to take good shots. And I used to approach it as, 
you know, take a pass up a good shot for a great shot. But I didn't really, as a young coach, define what a great shot was. Um, so that's also important when you're talking about team chemistry. If somebody were to take a bad shot, you know, a lot of times you see the other guys just kind of slough like, oh, why do you take that shot? And then it translates into your defense. And then it's just not good for your chemistry. Um, and like I said, back to, um, you know, having team buy-in and, and winning uh, college basketball games, I think it was last year, last, maybe a couple of years, they're usually decided by the stat is 11 points or left less. So that's basically like four or five possessions. So if you can take better shots, make a couple more buckets. And then on the flip side, and shot selection is also important for your defense. If you can dictate what shots you want the other team taking and your players know that, hey, we want them taking this certain shot, then it'll improve your defense. Um, so those are some themes from a team aspect, you know, the, the team chemistry. All right. And then also, you know, victory. All right. You want to, you want to give yourself your best chance to win. That's great stuff. It obviously leads to more team success. And you mentioned it helps the defense when your team gets a better understanding of what are the shots that we're trying to hunt down, which I know we're going to get into that a little bit as well. How do you go about it now from an individual player standpoint? Cause we're all different, all different strengths and weaknesses, especially when it comes to shooting the basketball. How do you go about that with your players? Might get into it a little later, but definitely we, we chart a lot of our shooting drills and we define what a good shot is and what a good shot is for each player and even a great shot, I should say. And then when I was talking to you previously about shot selection um, a year or two ago, you said a bad shot is a sign of two things, either a low basketball IQ because you take the shot not knowing it's a bad shot. So you must have a low basketball IQ or it's a sign of being selfish. So you take the shot knowing it's a bad shot, but you still take it because, well, that's a little selfish. And that's kind of how I approach it. Like, is, do you have a low basketball IQ or are you selfish? And most players, you know, are kind of like, oh, I don't want to be either. So I want to take <laughs> shots. And then it's going to lead to playing time because if you can find your role and you can take the shots that, you know, are best for you and best for the team, then you're going to find yourself on the floor more as long as you do all those, you know, the intangibles with defense and everything else. You know, I got that from, uh, I was at a professional basketball exposure event and one of the coaches that I was coaching with played for North Carolina. And he had mentioned to me um, as he was coaching, cause he'd coached some semi-pro basketball and different, different places. And I, I'm, totally forgetting his name. He played in the nineties, but he, he'd said, there's two things that I will not tolerate with players on my team. And that's stupid and selfish, you know, and now he, he's dealing with, with grown men. Like he's, you know, so he's being much more, you know, just kind of, this is the way it is. Um, you know, you might not speak the exact same way to a 14, 15 year old, but he's like, I can't handle stupid and I can't handle selfish. And if you're either one, you're not playing on, on my team. And he's like, but, but he said, I can handle mistakes. And I will let my players play through mistakes as long as they're, they're playing hard and they're trying to make the right play. But not handling stupid and selfish, that's what's going to get you on the, on the bench. And uh, it goes right along with, with shot selection, which I think is pretty, um, pretty good. So um, how, do you, how do you teach shot selection? 
more specifically? Um, and when did you really start digging into that aspect? Um, as I mentioned, started digging into it when we lost some close games and then also had some players, you know, joining the varsity that next year. And I knew in the future we'd have to kind of dictate um, what shots we wanted and what shots were best for our team. And it's just so happened that I went to a, um, a BCAM clinic and TJ Rosine was talking about shot selection and he had a numbered system. So I kind of took that system and I ran with it and how it, how it goes in a nutshell is um, it's a, it's a one through 10 system um, scale, I should say, but you only really use the odd numbers because how, how it's presented is a 10 is there's no such thing. So we've all seen LeBron James, um, Y Leonard miss a dunk, miss a layup. So there's no such thing as, as a 10, a perfect score. And then a nine on the scale would be like a bunny, which would be your layups. Um, they would usually result in like a breakdown of the defense, usually result in a fast break, usually result maybe in an offensive rebound or a leak out. So those are your nines. And then a seven on the scale is what you want to hunt. And that is balanced paint shots or shots with range, rhythm, and room. And the definition of rhythm for me kind of ha has changed and keeps changing. And I follow TJ Rosine still who uses this system. So he was talking about it recently about the rhythm of that shot also um, is with like within the rhythm of your offense. Um, it's not just, you know, your feet are set and you have good rhythm. There's more to it is the pass, you know, is the pass on target. You might have your feet set, but the pass might be low. But anyway, back to um, the scale, seven is, you know, with, with rhythm, with room, and with, within that player's range. And then a five is what's called, an, and it's an average shot. You know, you walk into your local open gym, YMCA, and you're watching pickup, and, and there's a lot of fives being taken. And what a five is, is it's missing one of those elements. So that shot does not have either range all right, maybe the player's out of their range. They don't have rhythm. They caught the pass low when they're still shooting it. Even though they're in range, all right, um, they, they don't have rhythm. Or if they don't have room, so, you know, they're set um, and they're in their range, but they don't have any room, they're closely guarded. So one of those three elements, range, rhythm, or room is, is missing. And fives are what usually, you know, cost you ball games. Um, and then threes, uh, hopefully your team's not shooting a lot of threes, but multiple elements are missing. So maybe you're, a player takes a shot that's out of their range and they don't have rhythm. They have room, but they're out of their range, no rhythm. So that would be a three. Um, hopefully, like I said, your team's not taking threes. And then one, no elements present. So if, if you got ones being taken in a game, um, you got some bigger issues maybe going on. So that's the scale that we use. Like I said, I, I took it from TJ Rosine and kind of have ran with it the last four or five years. This is a great chart. So let me, let me run through it for the coaches listening real, real quick. And then you can jump in and add any comments with me, coach. A 10, a shot for a 10, there's no such thing. As you mentioned, we've seen wide open players, full court layup, miss bunnies. So there, there's no 10. Nine is, is the bunny, the, the easy shot, the gimme shot. Seven, room, rhythm, and range. I love that, three R's, simple to remember. Sevens and up are what we're, we're trying to get. Fives 
are missing one of the R's of room, rhythm, and range. Could be any of those three things, but we're missing one. Three, multiple elements missing. Okay, so you, you might be within your range, but there's no rhythm. There's no space to take the shot, no room. We don't want to take those threes. And then a number one, terrible shot. Like absolutely terrible. You're out of here, basically, yeah. basically shot. And you might even say that for the, the threes as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, if we're playing with the shot clock, maybe, I don't know, you still should be able to get a five out at the end of the shot clock or in the quarter. So three is a pretty, a pretty terrible shot too. So hopefully you're not taking too many of those. And one thing, as you're explaining the scale, I always forget because it's like, it would be obvious, but well, not that obvious, should be. Um, a seven is also like a balanced paint shot. So if you can get in the paint and take a balanced shot, that's a seven. You're most likely gonna be closely guarded because you're in the paint, but that also dictates a seven because you, you're balanced, it's a good shot, you're in the paint. So that's also a seven. I think that's a great point that you mentioned because of those three hours, one of them is room. Well, room also needs to be understood of what does room look like depending on the shot, right? As you said, if you're driving in the paint, somebody's going to be within five feet of you, right? Whereas if it's a three-point shot, maybe we're saying, okay, for the majority of us, we need more room than that because it's easier to close out and contest. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah, the close, close shot of the hoop, the less room you're probably going to have regardless, but it's still, you know, it's a better shot um, because, well, you're, you're inside the paint. Awesome. I love it. Looking back, what are some of the things that you, you've learned, any mistakes or tweaks that you would make when you've taught shot selection? Um, one thing, if coaches are out there thinking about this, um, is you have to kind of visit it often. So one year where I thought we had kind of a grasp on it at the beginning of the season, we showed clips, we rated the clips, we did a couple drills with it, um, heavy on the front end of the season, and then we came out and we were taking good shots and I was like, oh, everything's perfect. They, they get it. Um, you know, we don't have to revisit it. And I, that's my fault. I didn't revisit it enough. So by the end of the season, you know, our shots weren't as good as earlier in the season because, well, I hadn't talked about it, I hadn't emphasized it. Um, so you gotta you gotta work on it weekly, um, or talk about it weekly, or in your in your pregame, you know, simple as we're hunting sevens, guys. What are sevens? And then on the defense end, go we're forcing fives. What are fives? So they they have that definition of that. Um, and then another thing that I've been looking into is if you have the resources and the time um, when you do your shooting drills in practice um, is also, a lot of coaches will chart like certain just drills that are shooting, but it'd be also nice to look at the shots um, of live play to get player percentage. So that way it can help them dictate their range rhythm and room when you're talking to that individual player where his range is or where he scores best. So that's another thing that I didn't do uh, early on. I just took, and I, including the last couple of years, just took kind of the the shooting drills and practice and use that for their range or their rhythm and their room when really I should also look at the, the live play and practice because that's more of a better indicator of how they're shooting games. Um, and then the last thing is um, guys that maybe, you know, don't have the green light, um, they aren't on the top of those shooting ladders is I didn't do a good job of teaching them how to score other ways. Like they kind of, at times, 
they felt like, oh, well, if I'm not a shooter, what, what do I do on offense? And if you can break down for players, all right, here's what you need to get per game. I want you to outrun somebody, get a layup for two points. I want you to get an offensive rebound, score two points there. I want you to get to the free throw line for two points. You're saying like you're getting six points just off of this stuff without even having to, you know, create your own shot. And then you maybe knock down a mid range because that's in your in your range. Um, and then you got eight points a game. So teaching those players that, you know, aren't your main shooters, um, you know, how to score. And really, they should have a high, a high shooting percentage because they should be taking great shots. quick interruption before we get back to the show. First, thanks for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. And if you found our instruction beneficial on the podcast, we'd love to share with you the Coach's Edge website and how that can help coaches be more efficient, save time as they continue to develop and build a successful program. So if you're interested in learning more about the Coach's Edge website, breaking down player development, athletic development, strategy, X's and O's, and so much more. You can contact us at Coaches Edge one on Twitter or at contact at KramerBasketball.com. Thanks again. Back to the show. I love that you explain it to players on an individual basis. It's not, hey, this is the shot, and we're all taking these types of shots. Every player is different from an individual individual standpoint. And you're right, just because you may not have the green light to shoot threes doesn't mean you can't get 10 points a game if you're playing a healthy amount of minutes and doing the other things that you've you've mentioned. Um, you've talked a little bit about, you know, green light for shooters. What are some of the things that you've done specifically to measure whether a player should be shooting specific shots in the game? Um. We just do multiple different shooting drills. Uh, took some from, uh, I'm blanking on the name. He coached at Oregon, now no, Washington to Arkansas. Mike, Mike Neighbors, Mike Neighbors. He has a whole list of green light shooting drills on PDF that you can look up online. I took some of him, his, and then last, last year I used those, but I'm trying to create my own numbers because you're comparing, you know, a college team, their numbers of what green light indicates for them to a high school boys team. So it's a little different, um, but we'll definitely, we use those drills. Like one drill is uh, you got two minutes and you got to make five um, or from five spots, five shots. So a total of 25 makes in two minutes from 15 feet. And then we tried to have that for three pointers, but it's more like 22 is probably a better number to look at than 25. Um, and then we do a couple other drills and we just chart them. And we, we look at um, numbers and who's up at the high end and where they're shooting best at. And then this year I'm adding kind of a, a drill where you'll work on your scoring spot. So you'll have three minutes. And if you're a guy or a girl that doesn't, you know, shoot outside the paint, you will, you're working on finishing, like, cause that's where you're going to score a majority of your buckets. If you're a person that's 15 footer, you're working on your 15 footers. And that way in season, you're working on your strengths. And I don't want, you know, I also don't want, though, a, a player to be limited to that. So I'm not going to do that for every drill. Like I said, you know, <clears throat> that is your scoring spot drill is what probably I'll end up naming it. But there will be other drills where you have a chance to extend your range. You, you get to work on that. But I think a lot of that comes out of season. But in high school basketball with a, with a smaller 
at a smaller school, um, you got to work on it in season too. And as a player, if you don't like some of the recommendations that your coach is made, making, get to work. Get to work when it's the off season. Get to work before practice, after practice, and prove your coach wrong. Right? Work on some of those weaknesses. If you think that you know you're a player that should have the green light to shoot threes, well, chances are the coach has done a lot more homework than than you have. So get to work and change somebody's mind. Um, you talked a little bit about uh, shooting ladders, and I've heard other coaches talk about that as well as a way to continue to teach shot selection. What does that look like? Um, we have about five or six drills um, that we do consistently, and there's two ladders. There's the overall ladder where I just created a Google um, a sheet, and I, I, I plug in the numbers, or my assistant or somebody helps me plug in the numbers, and it punches out like their overall num their overall makes from multiple drills. And then starting week one or week two of the season, you're matched up against the person below you. So like one goes against two, three goes against four, five goes against six and so on. And you have a chance if you beat them that week to move up that ladder. And then the next week it's the opposite. Like one, let's say you have 12 guys. If the number one shooter will go against the number 12 shooter, the number two against three. So that way you're going against different guys, if, if, if I explain that correctly. But it's also just um, a fun way um, to compete. I mean, kids are yelling across the gym to their partner. You know, what'd you get? What'd you get? Oh, I got 42. Oh, I'm coming after you this week. So um, and also adds a little pressure and emphasis to shooting the shooting drills we do. I love, I love the, the pressure and the competition aspects. I think that's needed when we're doing shooting drills. What's an example of what one of those would look like? Um, one, the two drills I already mentioned, we do, uh, you know, you got two minutes, five makes from five spots. Another drill I call 330 shooting. I don't know where I got the name. But anyway, the first 30 seconds, you're just attacking the hoop for one point. The next minute is 15 footers, and those are worth two points. The next minute is three pointers, and those are worth three. And then the last minute is pull up jumpers. So you take one dribble pull up, and those are worth two. So the layup's the only thing worth one. Everything, you know, is a two in a game, a three in a game, and you're getting a variety of shots up. So that's one drill. Um, another drill we use is. Well, called hold on, coach. Let me make sure we got, because I think this is a good one coaches might want to use. So, how long do they do that drill for? Uh, three minutes and 30 seconds. And what's a. What's a goal score approximately? Uh, I'm actually in the process of adding up numbers from last season. I should have done that, you know, a month or two ago and had a little more time. But um, in the 70s or 80s, uh, we, okay. we once in a while we'll have a guy get up into 90s. But usually your best shooter should be around 70 or 80s. Awesome. I love it. Um, one other drill, and this one I added later on in the year, so I don't have a lot of numbers for it but it's called six shooter and it's changing up kind of the shot they get. And the first shot is a mid range from the, kind of the short corner. The second shot is a three pointer from the corner. The third shot is a one dribble pull up coming out of that corner. If you can picture this. So then they come off kind of like a down screen for their four shot. All right. And then they're then off of that down screen, they flare for the fifth shot. And then they run to half court, touch it, and they shoot a transition three-pointer for their six shot, and then they start it over. 
and I've done this for two minutes. And again, I, I can't, I can't get a number right now. Sorry. Um, because I ran it this summer a little, I'm trying to think, but I don't really have a solid number for you on that one. Sorry, coach. Well, that's a great drill though, because you're, you're working on shots that you want your players to take during the game. And you've randomized to the point where they're not just shooting the same shot 10 times in a row, for example. So these are game spots, game shots. You've put a clock on it. So now they're forced to uh, go game speed. You're keeping track of a score. So there's some pressure. You've mentioned the competition. They're going against uh, other guys on, on the team in their workouts. So you're putting all these, these things together. And, you know, as a coach, I can say, okay, what are, you know, six shooter. I like the name. What are six shots that we can rep out in a short amount of time? Give them some point totals, boom, and and we're off and running. That's that's great stuff. How has shot selection continued to evolve for you since you started coaching? Um, it's changed a little. You know, we, we I think we shoot a little a little more three pointers than most teams, but I think we're also that's one of our strengths. So until it isn't one of our strengths, we're going to continue to do that. But we want to get a paint touch, or we want we want inside out three pointer, especially for a player that's like kind of a yellow shooter. We want them taking an inside out shot because those just seem to go down, um, whether it's out of a post um, post up or whether it's out of a drive. Um, we want something going inside out, so that's a an emphasis of kind of narrowing down what type of shot we want. Also linking it linking it to the shooting ladder and. Um, more our, for our shot selection. And this year, I'm going to kind of really define um, once I crunch out those numbers of what a green light, a red light, and a yellow light shooter is and how that links to the scale. Um, where like, you know, if you're a green shooter, you're, you, you can shoot whenever you want. If, if you're a yellow shooter, your seven might be from an inside out shot. That makes sense. Um, it's not just, an, or you might not be shooting early in transition because you're a yellow shooter. Uh, that that wouldn't be a seven, that'd be a five. If, let's say you're a yellow shooter, Coach Kramer, which you never would be, but you take a early shot in the possession, that's really a five because it's not part of the rhythm of the offense, um, if that makes some sense. So I'm going to do a little better job of linking that to, um, to our shot selection. Um, and then just continuing to define those roles um, as far as who's a shooter, because you know, sometimes you catch a player and they're a good shooter and they don't, they don't shoot. And you're like, that's your job. That is your role to shoot the basketball. You need to do that. Um, so just continue to hammer that in. And then also, like I mentioned before, um, it's evolved and I've learned that we've got to help out the players that aren't great shooters that are average or below average, how they score. Um, you know, I didn't do that a good job of that beginning of my coaching and I need to do a better job of that of teaching them how they can score. Some great content, some some really good nuggets. When you talk about green light, yellow light, red light shooting, um, you mentioned you you like to use the drill of about 22 makes approximately, right? In in two minutes if they're shooting threes to be a green light shooter. So what would a yellow or a red look like for your program? A yellow or red, yellow is probably below that. It'd be like, you know, and we average it too. We don't want a player that's a really good shooter to have a, a one bad drill and like, oh, you don't get the green light. 
or the vice versa. So we take the average of multiple um, multiple reps of that, even in the off season, I track that the best I can. Um, but back to your question, they, our yellow lights are probably like 18 to 20. Um, and usually they'll get around, you know, they'll make their 25 uh, for 15 footers and then they'll come up around 20 for the three pointers. And those are the yellow lights um, shooters. And then red would be, you know, the ones that are down in the 15s or below, I'd say. And when they're doing this drill, is it one basketball, one rebounder? Because you get a lot more mix if you had two, you know, two partners, two basketballs. So how do you make that consistent? Yeah, that's funny because the first couple of times I did that, it was in the off season and we had two rebounders, two basketballs. And, and then we went to season. I'm like, wow, these guys numbers down. And the reason was for practice time purposes, I've, it's easier with, you know, two guys at a hoop. And so that way you can rotate quicker and the numbers were a little lower. So that's why I said I had to adjust down to like 21, 22 um, for the L light. So it, it's up to the coach. You just have to adjust your numbers. Just like you said, if you have two basketballs and two and two passers, the numbers are going to be a little higher. We in season do one basketball, one passer. How do you, that, that's great stuff. How do you get your players to understand the, the distance that they should be shooting the basketball from if, you know, they take a shot in the game and it's like, well, hey, coach, I was, I had room and I had rhythm. And you're like, yeah, but that's not quite within your range. How do you, how do you have that conversation? How do you test that? How do they prove it? Anything in, the, in that category? And let me preface it by saying you don't want to, you know, hurt a kid's confidence, but you want to be upfront and honest with them. And one way we do that is those drills, whether like, yeah, you're, you're good from 15 foot, but once you step up to that three pointer, you're not as good. So we're looking for an inside out three to you um, instead of an early one in transition or a pull up three pointer. Um, and another thing we use the drill that you, um, you showed us or I've seen from you, which is the range finder drill. And if you want to explain that a little, and again, we will do that, especially a lot early in the season, um, in the preseason, and rep it because if a kid, I've had one time a kid be out to half court. Well, I know that's not his range. He just got hot in that drill. So you have to uh, do it multiple times. If you want to explain that drill though. So the, the range finder drill is, is a drill that I came up with when I moved back to the States and started coaching. And basically the player, you got one basketball, one rebounder, and they start close five or six feet away from the basket. And it's really simple. If they take the shot and if they make it, they take a step backward. And if they miss it, they take a step forward and they continue to do that for a minute. And as you mentioned, you want to do it two or three times and put the average distance together because you know, your best player could miss more shots than usual. That might not be indicative of their range or they get hot and they're shooting from, you know, 35. And you're like, well, we don't want them shooting Steph Curry threes, Dame Little threes either. But if, if we put the averages together, it almost always works. And the, I can't believe how many coaches have come back to me and told me, Steve, thank you for that drill because I'm explaining to my players that, hey, that's not the shot that we want to take. You guys are coming in and we're shooting all these threes. Let's do the rangefinder drill. We shoot for a minute. Nobody's even guarding you. Make a step back, miss a step forward. And you know, a lot of them are ending up 
let's say around the free throw line. Well, that tells us that if everything that we finish at and in is within our shooting range and we can make it at a high percentage and everything that's behind us, we're making at a low percentage. And so it's an easy way for us to be able to measure a player's range. They can continue to test themselves out periodically by doing that drill and continue to work on extending their range from there. For example, if your player's not consistently hitting a 15 foot shot, you're probably just going to hurt them if you're having them shoot just 20 footers, right? There's progressions. We want to slowly work our way back out, especially with a, a junior high coaches. If you're a junior high coach and your 13, 14 year old kids are coming in and they all want to, you know, be like Dame Lillard. It's like, Hey, you know, even those great players started close to the basket and they worked on that range over, you know, 30 years of, of being a, a great basketball player. And that's what it takes to become a good shooter. You can, you guys can just YouTube it, YouTube Kramer basketball range finder drill. It'll come up. It's an old fuzzy video from a long time ago to, to show you kind of when the, when the drill came out, but it's worked and I continue to use it with our kids and, and they really like it. Coach, anything that you want to add uh, regarding shot selection and also how can coaches learn from you um, and, and get some of your information on how you go about teaching shot selection to your program? Um, you know, one thing that I would just say with shot selection is it's, it's important to have, I think that's why, let me, let me rephrase that, it's important to have some sort of system. And that's why I think that number system is a good starting point. And you, is, if you're a coach, you could just implement that. Um, it's, if you're like, well, I don't think we're going to have too many issues on shot selection. It's just a great way to quantify the shots that you're taking. And uh, having a number behind it just helps clear up instead of you telling your players, hey, let's take a great shot. Um, so it could just be as simple as something, just adding that scale. Um, and then if you want to go further, then you start linking, you know, your shooting drills to it. Um, you start coming up with green light, yellow and red light, and what dictates that. And then if you want to go a step further, then you're looking at some practice um, film and, you know, looking at your, your shots and what players are shooting in, in there. And then if you want to even go, I guess this would be linked back to the scale, but you could just introduce the scale. You could run drills with the scale. Um, one that we've done is whatever shot you take, if you make it, you get that point. So let's say you take a seven and it's a two pointer, that's nine points. That makes sense. Um, so if you take a five or below, we don't, we don't score it. Um, sometimes we did at the beginning, but then I found out I don't really want to reward fives because they go in every once in a while. Oh, we want sevens. We're hunting sevens. Um, but that's, it, it's up to you on how, how much as a coach you want to dive into shot selection. I think it's, it's worth the dive. Um, especially just having that scale, something as simple as that. And if you want more, you know, coach you know, can probably shed some light on this, but with the coaches edge program, uh, there is a shot selection kind of course, and there'll be an option to have some live learnings, um, some webinars, if you want to call them, where I go over shot selection and talk a little more in detail about drills and things like that, of what we do and how I present it to, to players and how we uh, sit down usually early in the season and we go over what shot selection is and we even watch some film and we rate those shots. Thanks for uh, taking the time, coach. Um, first of all, I love the fact that 
you're not simply saying, hey, that's a bad shot. Hey, that's a, that's a good shot. And well, that's not enough information with, with a player, especially in today's age. We want to know why. And I want to know, you know, why is it a good shot for this player, but maybe not for another? You know, what are the shots that we're hunting? You can break down the analytics of, you know, okay, we're shooting 34% from three, but that's actually better than shooting 45% from two, for example, things of that nature you can get into with, with the shooting drills that you're, that you're doing, which is great stuff. And then again, if you're listening to this episode within, you know, a couple of days when it comes out this week, Coach Troshak is going to do a live learning, a webinar, breaking down how he goes about teaching shot selection to his players. So we have the, the live learning webinar, which we're going to accept just a handful of coaches. So if you're interested in that, hit us up at Coaches Edge one on Twitter. You can email me at contact at KramerBasketball.com and you can join uh, Coach Troshak's webinar. And for those that are interested in joining our Coaches Wedge, Edge website, you're going to be able to get access to the actual PowerPoint presentation that Coach Stro uses. You can use that PowerPoint. You can tweak it and, and give it some of your own personal flavor, but that'll be a great way for you to truly get your, your hands on what Coach Troshak is using. That's a big part of how he's been successful teaching shot selection and getting the buy-in to his players, right? It's not just do you know what's a good shot and a bad shot, right? But it's getting the buy-in and the understanding from the team that can make it go to the next level. And Coach Troshak does a great job of that. Coach Tro, thanks for, for joining the show. Anything that you want to add before we get going? No, I'm looking forward in, to kind of discussing this with, with other coaches and helping them, um, whether they, haven't, they don't have any system at all for shot selection or they kind of have a system, they're interested in learning. So I'd love to see um, you guys on the webinar and I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks again for listening to the Coach's Edge. Be sure to share it out with somebody who may find it beneficial. Coach Troshak, special thanks again. Get after it today. Thanks again for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Again, we hope that you found this episode beneficial. And if you did, one of the best ways that you can help the Coach's Edge out is share it on social media. If it's on Twitter, tag us at Coach's Edge One. Obviously, a rating and a review goes a really long way, especially if it's on Apple Podcasts. There's something called an algorithm. So it help, really helps the algorithm, all right? Um, and we're really excited to share our new website, The Coach's Edge, for all the coaches out there that are excited and interested in building and sustaining a successful program. Get after today.